Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, Pop Chasers, and happy Tuesday, June 8th. It is a new day, and I'm Allison, and I'm joined by Kate. Hello. And we are the hosts of Pop Chaser, a daily pop culture podcast brought to you by The Dip. And today we are going to dive into some headlines, the headlines that you are waking up to today, uh, that were whether they developed overnight or are just the conversations leading into Tuesday morning. We've got them, and we're going to start off by talking about how we're not going to talk about Bachelor. <laughs> well, okay. That's how you, I was going to say we should maybe start off by the way we ended last week. Which was which how? Talking about space. Oh, okay. We could you talk like about that? space. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. So, yeah. You want to well, talk about was, space, Kate? So, yeah. So, Bezos announced that Jeff Bezos of Amazon is going to go into space with his brother. And yes, we talked about space last week and it was very depressing, This the case that we talked about. Uh, hopefully everything is safe when he goes up and we don't have a repeat of any sort of tragic event. Uh, but all this space talk, I will say, it's got my mind totally orbiting like crazy, trying to figure out how does it work? Because I find it insane that a rocket can blast up into space and then just land like an airplane. Where's it landing? I, well, this is the thing. I don't know. I don't understand that. If you're coming here for your space news, this is not the best place for space news, but it lands on, I, all I know is I was talking about this with my husband over the weekend and he said that he's from Pittsburgh and he said that they, there had been discussions about the fact that Pittsburgh airport, because it has very long runways, could be a destination for some of these rockets to land in. Oh, wow. So it does actually just land in normal, in normal airport. It just like, it blows my mind. What? Because I used to think, so I'm like, I, I realized over the weekend, I'm like, I don't, I don't understand how rockets land. Cause I'm thinking of it as like, you're up in space and then there's like a pod that drops down into the water and you're in that pod. But I think that knowledge came from, I dream of genie, which is what happens to the main, uh, the main character in it. Cause he was an astronaut. And so I'm like, well, that clearly that, that's not what should be happening anymore. Right. Like mm-hmm. there, like there should be a better way. And I do think it just sort of like slides onto a runway and stops, which just blows my mind because everyone just makes such big hoopla out of rockets launching. Right. But nobody talks about them landing. You never talk about them landing. I actually, to be honest, thought that rockets just like landed in the water like they did in gravity. But that's Pollock, what I'm talking about. Like that's what happened in I Dream of Genie. So that's what I thought. They just sort of like release a pod, and then that the, the those that's sort of wild. Like yeah, I mean, imagine just being like, oh, we're on the tarmac for so long. We're just waiting <laughs> to take off, and then like to your right, 
you see a rocket landing. <laughs> and, and and then do they have to wait on the tarmac? Do they have to also they have to wait for a gate? <laughs> they're like, we've been in fucking space for they're three like, months. I'm so sorry. Your gate's not ready yet. <laughs> Your gate's not ready yet. We got to make sure we have the beverage cart ready for the next flight. <laughs> do you feel like one time I got mad because I've been saying this for a long time and then Chrissy Teigen tweeted it and I was like, well, now no one is going to think that this was an original thought, but do you feel like whenever you fly, your gate is always the last one. Like it couldn't, it's just like, is always the furthest from where you need to go. Yeah. But I like that. Cause then I get to look around at all the different stuff. Oh, see when I land, I don't mind when I'm going. Cause like I do, I have to stop at Hudson news and then I have to stop at Hudson news too. And then I've got to stop at the mini Hudson news, <laughs> but then I need to stop at all the bagel places and the food court. And like, I'm okay with that. I might want to buy some duty-free, uh, cologne. <laughs> so I'm like a big giant kinder bar. Well, when I'm, for shits. when I'm getting off of the plane, I just want to be like for one time in my life, one night only, I just want my gate to be right by the exit. I've never experienced that. And I just think I'm like, wow, what a luxury, especially when you bring a carry on, you can just zip right off. But yeah. instead I'm walking like 10 miles and then like you call an Uber, but you can't because you don't know how long it's going to take you to get there. And it's just, well, and then the Uber situation, depending on the airport is just insane. But, but or anyway. if you make the mistake of calling dad Uber, who's like 20 miles away and is like, call me when you get outside. And then you're just waiting there for 20 minutes. <laughs> What's dad Uber? Oh, your, your father, dad. your actual father. Yeah. Oh, I thought you're and- like saying like when you call the Uber driver, dad by accident. <laughs> no. Um, but anyway, the other thing about space that I, I, I just wonder like all of these billionaires that are just so desperate to go into space. I don't understand this. I don't understand this as an obsession. Keep me away from space. I don't want to go up there. It's like going below the surface of the water too far. I don't want to go. Wait till you hear my deep dive of the day. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I've got so many, don't I've, got, get I've, too I've gone down so many rabbit holes this weekend. I can't, oh, I'm afraid. You. Okay. Well, I'm afraid that maybe you already know my thing then. I mean, I probably do, but okay. I know, I know, I know like almost everything, all the rabbit holes. <laughs> um, well, let's move on. As Kate said, we aren't going to talk about the bachelor exactly because it is very early on, on Tuesday and some people might not have watched it or they didn't get through all of it. That's okay. I will just say very excited for this season. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we, um, we'll talk more about it tomorrow. So be sure you catch yeah. up before tomorrow. But we can talk a little bit about a few things that um, I feel like are are obviously like about The Bachelor without being like, or Bachelorette without being about the episode. Um, one of them being Olivia Trufo Wong, who's one of our reporters at The Dip. She examined a handful of seasons that are currently available for streaming And found out, you know, everybody talks about like, oh, the first impression rose is like the, uh, the telltale sign of who's going to win or whoever gets the first kiss or the limo Mm -hmm. exit. Mm -hmm. She actually discovered a really interesting pattern in that when they, before the first commercial break, they will say coming up and they'll show like a little teaser, look for the person that is prominently featured in that teaser because for the majority of the seasons that Olivia looked back on, the winner was prominently featured in the coming up oh, before so the first commercial break. So look, it's not a perfect science, of course, but keep that in mind. It might be kind of like 
right in front of you. And that might be how they like kind of subtly bury, Hey, this is who you're going to want to invest yourself in. Have you ever been able to predict it from day one without reality, Steve intervention? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, you have some very obvious ones like Ben Higgins and Lauren B like he was like in love with her from but you could, but second, she, but she didn't get his first impression rose, but I never said I, it had nothing to do with the first impression rose. So why would he be in love with her at the first? It was second? just very obvious. Hmm. It was obvious. He was like, look, Ben Higgins. I think I like Ben Higgins, but I think he has a thing where he always dreamt of dating one of the cool, beautiful cheerleaders in high school and never did. And Mm -hmm. so the moment he laid eyes on Lauren, it was a done deal. He Mm -hmm. gave her a gift in the first episode. He gave her like a photo or some weird shit like that. (laughs) So like a Polaroid. (laughs) Oh my God. Poor Ben. So I I think for Ben, there's a couple people like that where you're just like, and like, look, I also think like he picked her and it obviously was not the right fit. She's due any day with her husband. Uh, what's his name? Chris. Chris Lane country singer TK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that there's like ones where I was like, Oh, you're not like in love with them for real, but like you are like in, in like you're smitten with them as like a little boy crush. I still Um, always would. I'm, I'm actually mad because I was a late bachelor adopter, but I'm kind of disappointed that I did not watch Brad Womack season because the one where he rejected both of them. Because I feel, I feel like that is so refreshing <laughs> that somebody would actually do that. Yeah. It was a little ahead of its time. Cause it was seen as a dick move at the time. I remember yep. everybody was like, what, what an asshole. But to me, I was like, well, he's not going to put these women through a fake engagement and a fake relationship. Like yeah. he did what he was supposed to do. He showed up every day. He went on the dates and decided it wasn't, it wasn't for him. Well, I also think like something that I've always said about the bachelor is like, it takes two to tangle and it always blows my mind how little authority or not, I guess not authority, but, um, agency the women have, where it's just assumed that they're obsessed with this guy. It's always a little, I feel like it's always just creepier when it's like the women. Um, it's like, it's just assumed that these women are just like obsessed with and automatically in love with this guy. And it's just a matter of if he loves them. And I'm always like, well, what if they don't love him? And well, that's what's crazy case, about Matt's season is that four women basically were like, I'm out. Who's Matt? Oh, Matt, Matt James. Smith. Yeah, Matt James. I almost said, Who? I said Matt, Matt Smith. Smith? <laughs> Matt Smith? <laughs> that guy, oh, from, the new, God. That guy tr- from the Game of Thrones? I'm trying to forget the last season of The Bachelor. I'm about halfway there, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, you'll call him Dan. Um <laughs> So, okay. but I agree. Then, Cause I do feel like there is like, definitely there should be more agency with the women, but I do think there's something that probably psychologically, ha- I mean, first of all, yes, no doubt a bubble. people want spawn con and they want yeah. to stay in as much as possible. So they want to be as famous as possible. That's the world we currently live in, but yeah. this has been a problem since back in, like, as we talked about, when we did TV watch repeat with the bachelor, like the very first season with bachelor with very, very large pants, very large, pants, very, <laughs> very wide trousers, like should not, not necessarily the most, like, you know, not the guy that everybody wants necessarily. Nobody knew who he was. And yet all these women and part of the, 
part of the the gimmick of the first season was as Chris Harrison somebody was introduced constantly him, like they can reject you at any time like they might reject you yeah and I think that's what the show thought was going to happen was that some women were gonna be like no thanks I'm not that oh, it'd be you. so refreshing I mean right, and but I, I also think, think that nowadays that... wouldn't you feel like you'd be like oh hell yeah I'm gonna follow that girl oh who totally just, like, totally defied the show yeah and it was just like I'm not I'm not feeling it and so but like, and, and now we, and then we saw in that very first season too, that there must've been some sort of like psychological pull. Cause there's no spawn con back then. That wasn't yeah. a thing. There must be something that keeps them there and, and makes them want to win. It's, it's, I think it's more of like competitive, competitive, like I need to win versus like, I really want to date this guy. And then inevitably what ends up happening after all these bachelor seasons is once you take away the candles and the flowers and the, the expensive exotic vacations, you're mm-hmm. left with just like a relationship, which is why, as we've talked about, I'm pretty sure on this podcast before, why love is blind is a superior yeah. reality show. <laughs> what happens after it all goes away. Yeah, you're right. Um, why are they doing that? Why isn't Bachelor doing a after the final row, like after the after well, the final and not just like on one couple, because then it's always just so boring. Yeah. Like you, I want to see it like, you know, when they go to live their lives and they're, you know, or, you know, what I've always wanted to see is like when they do quarantine because they not because of like, they just need to like be incognito. Like, I want to see that, like almost like a, a couple's house where it's just like, we ha- can't go out. So yeah. we just end up having to live together in like some weird rental property in Santa Barbara. Yeah. And like, what happens then? Like they I mean, the fight total of like two hours together. Right. <laughs> now they have to actually spend like a lifetime together. We can finally get our like fighting over Netflix content that we always wanted. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also just really quickly too, there was like some rumbling about Chris Harrison possibly being on his way out. Not a, not the biggest surprise, <laughs> but just um, a little bit of reporting. And that was coming from Matthew Baloney, um, who had some scoop that Chris Harrison, host of The Bachelor for 20 years in the face of ABC franchise, is now negotiating his exit, according to two sources. Like many couples on the show, it's definitely not an amicable split. Um, and that was coming from his su- subscriber only what I'm hearing newsletter. So that I don't know, like I obviously like it's not the most shocking news that that could be happening. Uh, it also doesn't seem to be like confirmed, but like, Hey, if that's what the boots on the ground are saying, you guys like seems, time, seems time will tell. Legit. Yeah. It and feels so, like after two seasons with him away, it would yeah. make sense. Right. Yeah. Like, why would you come back for Michelle's season? Yeah. So then they're, they're going to defy my theory, which is that they were just going to say he's, he's taking time to himself right taking some yeah. vacations in perpetuity <laughs> he's gall he's got a, an 18 uh 18 holes yeah uh yeah so I mean I guess we'll watch the space but I I mean again it's like not like oh my god it's just kind of like yeah that checks out but it seems mm-hmm. perhaps the you know wheels are in motion now it's just a question of who would replace him uh if that does come through and come to fruition I feel like um, they have no idea. Well, I think Unless that, it's just Wells, but I feel like they've got to do a lot of deep thinking before they decide this. I don't think it'll be Wells. I mean, I think him and Sarah Highland, God bless us, will be, obviously they're going to be part of this Bachelor in Paradise thing, but I just don't think Wells has, he doesn't, I don't, I, look, I loved Emmanuel Acho or Acho who did. Yeah, he was after, great. He, he was, was good. great. Yeah. I don't think I need somebody that I already know. I just need someone who quite frankly can deliver a note card. 
host. <laughs> and that's it. Well, there, here's my question. Do we need a host? No, I don't Period. think we do, but I think that like, there is some, there is something to be said about like a bookend for the episodes, which, you know, is definitely something that I think Chris has at least, at least somehow given us over the last few years. Like it's nice to open up with like a voice kind of like narrating through, but you know what? I've been watching a lot of TV, um, this weekend. And I've like, just for some reason, I just keep taking note of narrators and they're, and I'm like, you know what? I don't know who any of these people are. And you are the, like the fifth most important person in my life. Cause I just keep seeing this commercial. You could do the bachelor for all I care. Like imagine if they just got like the, um, well, I can't think of any, like Daryl Hammond from Live from, from New York. Yeah, that could, I mean, imagine that. That would be great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll talk more Bachelor specifics after uh, after today because I just feel, I feel like, you know, look, it's summer. You probably were like, maybe you're like, hey, I want to go on a Sunday martini day, have some drinks. I didn't catch the episode. I'll watch it today. Yeah, that's totally fine. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh and then is there anything else you wanted to, you wanted to discuss, Kate? Uh, the only other thing I would tell people is that, um, you know, to go on our site today, if you're a fan of Bravo, Samantha Bush wrote a really fun piece about Big Kathy. That is the, the elder Kathy of the uh, Hilton slash Richard slash all that whole, that whole clan in Beverly Hills. And some people might've known some of the stuff about her already. I did not. I found it fascinating learning about her and Samantha did some really great research and going to a bunch of different sources to find out how batshit crazy that family actually is. So if you're a fan of Bravo, check that out. But other than that, I'd say we go on to our deep dive. Cause I feel like I gotta, I want to see if I know this one. Okay. So it is quite literally a deep dive and I, it is dark too, but I'm is curious it about sharks. No. Um, oh, I got to go about sharks. Okay. Keep going. Kate, I'm curious, like, have you thought, and I hope this isn't too personal of a question. And if it is, you can certainly cut it out, but have you thought about like how you would like to be laid to rest? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, like in what, in what capacity, like how I want like my cremation. To be, I, no. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely cremated. Yeah. Okay. So I learned recently about these things called memorial reefs. Have you heard of them? No. Okay. I'm going to just read, I'm going to just read what it's, what it's about. So, um, it's an underwater interment called a memorial reef. So it's, I guess many people are looking for unique environmentally sensitive green or sustainable burial options, which have minimal impact on the earth and its resources. Underwater interment combines several aspects of cremation, the urn, ash scattering and burial at sea into one environmentally meaningful and permanent tribute to a person's life. So it's an artificial reef placed on the ocean floor. Cremated remains are mixed with concrete and filled into a mold or sealed specifically designed into a waterproof concrete container in the shape of a reef ball, which mimics natural reef formation. Once the mold or container is complete, it is sunk to the bottom of the ocean to create an artificial reef. Depending on the wishes of the deceased, the container may be left unadorned, simply personalized with the name and dates of birth and death, or have metal memorial plaques permanently attached. So I guess it's growing in popularity to have a memorial reef, but thoughts, comments? 
options? I mean, first of all, I don't want to be underwater ever. Don't put me there. I, it's cold. I don't know what's there. I don't know what's going to brush past me. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of being environmentally friendly and I would love to be able to contribute to, you know, positive climate change, whatever. Um, I also just don't feel like I need a memorial because like in the same way that I feel like I have no idea who my great grandparents are, like nobody was going to remember me after a while. So what's the, well, and then you're like, especially like you're like off the coast of Miami. Why? (laughs) Yeah. And then you're, then you're deeply alone because who's going to go visit a stranger at the bottom, at least like, at least I'm buried in like Greenwood cemetery. People are going to pass me when they're looking for like Bill the butcher. But the only thing that is semi-interesting about it, I think is like, imagine, imagine you're the people in the beginning of, of our favorite movie on this podcast, the Titanic, and you're looking for the heart of the ocean. And instead you come across a lion, uh, a, a concrete lion mold that says Allison P. Vavarsky. <laughs> and I mean, that's kind of fun to be a part of that type of a, of a mystery, but then people would realize what it is and then be like, oh, that's not that exciting. But like, I don't know. I think of like pirate shipwrecks and like people love that kind of shit. Like it could but it be, would fun just be to- like going to an underground cemetery. But then here's also where I kind of have my point too. in what like I, I feel as though all of our cemeteries and headstones should not just feature your name and dates of living. Like instead, I want details. How did you die? What were you like? Oh, you want to know how people die? I want to know how they died. I want to know like anything quirky, interesting about them. A fun fact, you know, I love a fun fact. I want a fun fact about everybody. I feel like I walk these cemeteries and I'm like, well, why are you walking cemeteries? I I walk in cemeteries all the time. Do you not? Are you serious? I'm absolutely a thousand percent serious. Like how often is all the time? Uh, like probably once a month around the quarantine. Are you serious? Time, I did it like there was one when I did it like every single weekend. Yeah. I have only been to a cemetery once in my life. Well, you're missing out because they are Twice, beautiful. Maybe. There's nobody there. You get to walk freely. Wait, are you for real? Like, you're being dead serious. I am a no thousand percent serious. <laughs> you go walk cemeteries on a monthly cadence. Yes. I mean, I've got Greenwood Cemetery right here, and there's so many interesting people buried there, so you get to go see their graves, and then you get to try to figure out what the deal is with everybody else, but it never tells you. (laughs) Are you looking up, like, so, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I would say, like, if somebody had a really ritzy headstone, I'd be like, oh, that's money, and I'd Google their Zillow. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you have some people, like, the Steinway family has this ginormous, like, thing. A crypt. Yeah, a mausoleum. It's yeah, it's crazy. And so definitely did some Googling around that. But like, but I really, I do feel like this, that these cemeteries are like missing out. Like these people are like, I, I want to know about them. I just don't, I don't want to know that they existed. I want to know like, what was their thing? Like, yeah. what was, what, what made them tick, you know? Yeah. I mean, what if it said like, uh, uh, full part-time psychic, full-time Santa, would you be happy with that? <laughs> Well, no, because then I know that I am getting conned via the circle. <laughs> um, well, I will just cap off my memorial wreath by saying it costs two to seven thousand dollars. Feels a little steep, but I don't know I mean, anything that's the about price funerals. Of death. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's well, it's like you have to dispose of a body. Just it's put me expensive. in a toaster oven. I mean, that's how I kind of feel. Just put me anywhere. I don't care. Like, just make it easy. Actually, a toaster oven would be kind of fun. I mean, she died the way she lived. 
in a toaster oven do you get to go in with a with a like a puff a pastry a I mean that's pastry? the dream I love yeah. toaster ovens if you guys don't have a toaster oven like what are you doing I miss the days of what were those the Pillsbury like poppin' fresh pop no, no those are the biscuits no these yeah. are the ones that like the toaster strudels like <gasps> oh my god like, and they were like cheesecake like strawberry cheesecake flavored and you have like little cream on top and it was delicious yeah just never enough icing never enough well that's why you put multiple on and yeah you said, but then you brother you're not yeah. getting any on yours <laughs> that's what I say. then you set yourself up to have one without any icing but look that's you have to live in the now because as we've learned you might be in a memorial reef the next day and never yep. even make it to that second strudel. What is it that they say? It's not how they lived, but how they lived before the memorial reef. Is that the way that this I think that's the saying. I think that's it. Um, anyway, that is our episode today. Hope you guys learned, <laughs> learned a lot. We talked space. We talked with bachelor. We talked a little bit of big calf and we talked about dying. Um, we swear it won't always be this grim, but again, we warned you in the trailer. Mm -hmm. You saw it. it was about murder and other things. This is what yeah. occupies our brains when we're not thinking about pop culture. So, uh, and we will be back tomorrow. As we said, we'll talk bachelor. We'll talk all of the biggest headlines and until then you can check us out on the dip.com. Check out the story that Kate mentioned by Samantha Bush, check out all of our content, uh, we have a ton of Bachelor content. Kate and I had a great time covering the show uh, last night. So you can read all of our hilarious stories. Hopefully you think they're hilarious. We do. <laughs> and um, and you can use the code POPCHASER for 50% off your subscription on thedip.com. So uh, check us out there and make sure to like and subscribe and review to our podcast and our other podcast, TV Watch Repeat. We just dropped an episode of NYC Prep on Monday, Kate calls it New York city prep. So cringe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a really fun episode because I loved the show. Kate hated the show and, uh, all around, all around a great time. So check that out. Here's the and, one thing I will say. Oh, it takes just as much time to say New York city prep as NYC prep. Yeah, but it's just not called New York city prep. It's still and me. I'm sorry, people who call yeah. This, so there's like, there's a difference. Like if you're in New York, you call it, if you live in New York, you live in New York. Right. But like, you know, you're talking about New York city. You would never say, Oh, I live in New York city. But I also then, don't call this NYC. Well, that's what I'm, I was going to say is like, if you called, if you're like, Oh, I live in NYC. I'd be like, you're a narc. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's even more sociopathic. But I think that like, they were looking for something a little like, you know, you had, it was a gossip girl era XOXO. Like, you know, yeah, you but I feel like Manhattan prep would have would have been better. Like, yeah. But like it, it, it also, it doesn't include, you know, these like sorry boroughs, right? Yeah. Like it's like, Brooklyn get out of here. Queens. People, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you think these kids have been North of a hundredth street? <laughs> Give me a break. Um, oh, but anyway. yeah, we will be back tomorrow to bash on the other, uh, three boroughs. And, um, I live in one do, by the way, this is <laughs> well, that's the one you went after. So, yeah. Uh, but until then, cheers. Cheers.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.